0: today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrak.
1: I don't think they took that driver's ed class because they're driving in my blind spot. And that's dangerous, right? So if I'm unaware of it, I could get into an accident because of it. And that's what Paul is saying here. This is How in our Christian lives we must be circumspect with respect to the world around us, lest we crash and burn.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. There are some crazy drivers out there. Whether they're simply reckless or evil by choice, we can't know, but we have to be on the lookout when we're behind the wheel. As Pastor J.D. illustrates in today's message, we need to have the same awareness and caution in our spiritual lives. This world is full of evil, and it can wreck us if we're not careful. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 5 with part 1 of his message, Being Wise in Evil Days.
1: Ephesians chapter 5, our text today will be verses 15 through 17, beginning in verse 15 where the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is writing to the church in Ephesus and Says, Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, verse 17, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I want to talk about how it is that we can live wisely or as some of your translations render the text circumspectly in a world that's seemingly waxing more and more evil by the day. This is the reason actually that I'm only taking three verses in Ephesians. I hope you know that. Uh, At the beginning of the week, I always start preparing my heart for the teaching of God's word. And I always uh, ask the Lord, inquire of the Lord, you know, Lord, I don't want to get ahead of you. What is it that you have for us? What is it that you would have me to do and speak and teach and preach? And the sense was pretty clear that it was to just be these Three verses. And the reason is, is that the apostle Paul is addressing a matter of paramount importance. And it's a word fitly spoken, as it were, for the day and age in which we live. I suppose in some way, you can see this as invaluable instruction to navigating our lives in a wicked world. And it is a wicked world. I've shared oftentimes how it is that it's so grievous, the evil. It's unspeakable, the evil. Even the Apostle Paul in the prior verses talks about how that you can't even mention, you can't even put to words the the unspeakable evil that is practiced. And that was certainly true in Paul's day there in Ephesus with the temple of Diana, very evil, very wicked. And certainly it is true in our day today. What I'd like to do is begin by pointing out three observations from our text. And I do so because it's going to be germane to our understanding. And again, I Um, As I prayed, I I really believe, and it's a really strong sense that I have today. Even while we were uh, praising and worshiping, I just had this sense that the enemy does not want us to hear what God has for us today in the passage that's before us today. That's how important it is. The first observation has to do with this word circumspectly. That's kind of a, a big word, isn't it? It comes from two Latin words, meaning to look around and be aware. It carries with it this idea of looking around you in a circular direction, circumspect, circular, in order to be aware of everything that's happening in every direction. That's what Paul is referring to. And in a practical sense, that makes perfect sense, right? You think of it this way. If you're you're walking in this way and you're aware circumspectly of everything that is going on around you, then you won't stumble, you won't be blindsided, you won't fall. Conversely, if you're not walking circumspectly unaware of everything that is happening around you, it's just a matter of time. Something's going to blindside you. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. Because I've confessed to you that um, I struggle personally in traffic, I've confessed this. So, you know, Lord knows my heart and how it is that my sanctification flees from me when I get behind the wheel and it's always on my way to church when I'm praising God and I'm praying and you know, it's, it's just great time. It takes me 22 minutes to get from where I live to the church. And those are the most valuable 22 minutes uh, that I have. And the enemy is right there to have, uh, you know, <laughs> a messenger from Satan cut me off and, Slow me down and, you know, tailgate me. That's the worst. No, that's the worst. And I, again, I've confessed that. I think it was a couple weeks ago. You can get the CD or watch it online. I, I was very honest with you about uh, how I feel about uh, demonic tailgating. And so <laughs> so I'm going to use a, a driving uh, in traffic illustration, okay? So I need to drive circumspectly okay so I, I'm driving and I, I'm aware of the car that's in my blind spot that's demonic too I'm convinced right it's, in, it's, it's intentional It's. In, I remember uh, driver's ed my uh, driving instructor always stressed never drive in somebody's blind spot I don't think they took that driver's ed class because they're driving in my blind spot And that's dangerous, right? So if I'm unaware of it, I could get into an accident because of it. And that's what Paul is saying here. This is how in our Christian lives we must be circumspect with respect to the world around us. Lest we crash and burn, if I can say it that way. The second observation has to do with why. Why we're to live circumspectly? Why we're to live in this manner? The answer to the why question is in verse 16 where Paul says it's because the days are evil. That's why. We need to be even more circumspect because of the evil day in which we live. In other words, because it's an evil world, and certainly it is an evil world, we need to be wise and not live our lives foolishly. And I realize that saying that sounds like a firm grasp of the obvious. But notice verse 17. Verse 17 gives us more of an understanding as to why it is, and it's related to the Lord's will for us. Simply put, it's God's will that we live circumspectly In these evil days. And here's why. Listen. Because. God loves us. And he doesn't want for us. To suffer needlessly. In this evil world. Think of it as an earthly parent. Towards their children. How you. Pray for protection for them. From harm and danger especially when they're in the world, not of the world. But you don't want your children, as an earthly parent, to suffer needlessly, unnecessarily. You want them to be wise. You want them to have wisdom to walk circumspectly, if you please. You know, I find myself... Sort of talking about this every week and maybe somebody needs to hear this today and you, you need to know that God loves you so much and he's grieved when you hurt. He's grieved when you hurt and he's grieved when you foolishly Not being wise are injured and harmed because of that folly. He's, he's wanting to spare us from that. He wants to protect us from that happening. We are in the world, not of the world. We're sent out as sheep into the world it's this third observation that to me really sums it up and this is what I really want to spend the remainder of our time talking about and it just happens to be that word time Paul says redeem the time and he says why redeem the time because the days are evil now redeemed is a most interesting word because it has the idea of buying back that which is perceived as having value. We understand it in the context of salvation by way of redemption. That God so loved the world, God so valued the world, He sent His only begotten Son to save us, to redeem us, to buy us back. Paying in full, He purchased us with His blood shed on that cross. That's how valuable you are to Him. So understand now, redeemed in this context. So what Paul is saying here is that the time we have and with it the opportunity we have are of great redemptive value. Now think this through with me. I would suggest that the reason time, time, is so valuable is because of that age-old principle of supply And demand. Stay with me. An increased demand will bring about a depletion of supply, which in turn propels an increase of value. In other words, the more you have of something, the less you value that something that you have plenty of. And it works the other way. The less that you have of something, the more you value, the less that you have of that something. I I know that's not proper English, but you get the point, right? This is why time is so valuable. The supply is disproportionate to the demand. And when you're running out of time, you'll value time. Because there's not much time left. I need to redeem the time. In other words, time now, and especially, can we talk? Those of us who are, well, older, you young people, can you just hang tight with us for just a moment? The older you get, the more you value time, right? The more you value time as you get older, is because you don't have much time left. That's called supply (laughs) demand. Turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. I want to draw your attention to chapter 24 and verses 45 through 51, one of my all-time favorite parables that Jesus taught. Jesus' teaching... Says, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at, interesting, the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth. He will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But, verse 48, suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day, might I add, at a time, time when he does not expect him, and at an hour, an hour he is not aware of, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. The reason this particular parable is one of my all time favorites is because it speaks to the wisdom of redeeming time, valuing time, and the foolishness of devaluing time. Devaluing time. Interesting to note that the foolish and wicked servant devalued time because he thought he had plenty of time again supply demand he thought he had plenty of a supply of if you will time so thus time was not as valuable as it was to the faithful servant who Valued and redeemed the time. Why? Because he knew the time was short. Time is short. And because time is short, then would to God that we would be like this wise and faithful servant who clearly lived with urgency and expectancy. That's why, by the way, he was found faithful when his master returned. And isn't it interesting, the contrast? So stark, so dramatic, the contrast. The wicked servant was completely caught off guard. He was not expecting it. Wait a minute. Whoa, I thought we had plenty of time. And the righteous servant, the wise Servant. Dare I say, the circumspect servant. I know I just spit on everybody. By the way, that's why nobody sits in those front seats. Did you know that? If you do, you get a free baptism right there. No no charge in Jesus' name. Okay, I digress. The contrast is just, I mean, it is remarkable. (laughs) And This is exactly what Paul is saying in our text. Paul is drawing upon the same contrast between the faithful servant and the wicked servant. See, the wicked servant lived this way. And perhaps you've heard it said, no hurry, no worry, party on. And is that not what he did? I, got, I don't have to get serious about the things of God. i got plenty of time. I'm going to sow my wild oats, whatever that means. You know, I, I, I have time. And so what does he do? He eats, drinks, parties, lives a rowdy life, totally unaware. Why is he unaware? <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on around him. Oh, what's going on around him? Oh, evil. The days are evil. And when you circumspectly, circularly, is that a word? Let's say it is. Circularly (laughs) look around you and are aware of everything that is happening, you realize just how evil the day is and as such, just how short the time is also. And so Paul is exhorting them then and us now to be wise, redeem the valuable time, and make the most of every opportunity while there's still time. There's still time. Not much. But I think we do err greatly. When like this wicked servant, we believe, better said, have been deceived, into thinking that there's no hurry. There's a fictitious account that's told. I uh, forget who uh, had it in their commentary. It's immaterial anyway, but it basically goes like this. This is the gist of it. So there's an emergency meeting that Satan calls for all of his demons to attend. There's a serious problem. Uh, People are coming to Christ. Christ. And we got to do something, and we got to do something fast. You know, uh, Revelation 12 says that Satan knows he has but a short time. He's trying to do something about the short time that he has. That should tell you something. So basically the, the meeting was because of the urgency and the seriousness of people coming to Christ. So he opens it up. What are we going to do? of the demons uh, speaks up and says I know we'll tell them there's no heaven Satan says nah it's not going to work I mean the whole creation screams of a creator praising their creator there's no way I mean you might get some but you're not going to get them all that way so another demon speaks up and says okay instead of telling them no heaven let's tell them There's no hell. (laughs) Yeah. We're all going to go to a better place. We're all going to go to heaven. There's no hell. No problem. No worry. Satan says, now, innate within man as God created man, there is this understanding of the justice of God, the judgment of God.
0: After we accept Jesus into our lives, we start a journey of faith with Him. We don't always grow in our faith, though. Pastor J.D.'s messages in the book of Ephesians encourage us to continually seek to grow deeper and deeper in our relationship with our Savior. We can't get comfortable and complacent in our walks. By spending time with other believers, diving into the Word, and spending time in communication with Jesus, we'll continue to grow closer to Him. We're so glad you tuned in to Pastor J.D. Farag's teaching today. We'd like to tell you how you can access additional messages. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. Take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. This app is free and provides you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and even the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mid-East Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. looks into the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through inspiritandtruthradio.com. Join us on Facebook as well and keep up to date on everything that's happening at In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for joining us today. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Ephesians next time on In Spirit and Truth.